Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Barefoot Church. It's a beautiful day here in Brigantine, and uh, all kinds of possibilities lie ahead, right? I'd like to start this morning in uh, Proverbs, um, the book of Proverbs. And, and some, some scriptures, some of your translations will have it divided into the stories or the, the, uh, the learning parts of Proverbs, and sometimes it's one or two verses, and, and they'll divide it that way. If yours is divided that way, we're in 26. If yours is not divided that way, we are in chapter 24. So Proverbs chapter 24 this morning. And we'll look at starting with verse 13. And it goes this way. Eat honey. Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb, from the honeycomb, is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. Wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, if you find the wisdom, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Read that again. Eat honey, for it is good. Honey from the honeycomb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. When I was a, a little kid, uh, probably about seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, um, we lived in a, in a very small community, and our home was on an alley. And so all the kids in the neighborhood always got together at various places, and, and we would play, do things together. At the very end of our alley was a special place. Um, it was owned by somebody by the name of Waldo. Now, Waldo is well known. If you look him up in the Wikipedia, he'll, he'll be there. Uh, if you look at national records in the United States, he'll be there. Waldo was famous. Um, he's famous because he wrote a book called My First 100 Years. My First 100 Years. And in that book, he talks about various things that he had done. Um, Waldo, uh, his full name is Waldo McBurney. Waldo lived to be 106 years old. And he was the oldest American worker uh, in, in the country. He also held many athletic event records. Um, at 104, he would still be doing athletic events and win because he was the oldest and, and the most capable of winning the race at that time. Um, his wife, Vernus, died at 102. Uh, 102. Uh, amazing couple. So they were at the end of our alley, and, and I uh, became a friend of Waldo. And what was special is that Waldo was a beekeeper. Uh, he would have bee colonies all over the countryside to pollinate the fields, uh, especially the clover. The bees really enjoyed the clover. But they'd do the, the pollination for all the different crops that were growing, and, and he would cover uh, sections, miles and miles and miles of ground. And so he would take me with him, and we would go and take care of the beehives. Uh, we would uh, get an idea about what the bees were doing and how they were doing, making sure that the queen was protected, making sure that the, the hives were being built, we were being filled with honey. And of course, we had to check the honeycomb. We would pull out the different levels of honey and check to make sure the honeycomb was developing properly and the bees were healthy. And we would go from field to field. Oh, of course, I would, I would, he would put the big screen on my, my hat and the, you know, the, the net on my face and we would tape it on and tape our, our gloves on, our long sleeves and tape our, our ankles to make sure that none of the bees would get in. Now, Waldo didn't do that. Uh, the bees knew him, and he could safely handle all of the stuff, 
and no, no form of gloves or, however, the bees didn't know me. And so I had to bundle up with all this protective gear. And I, I, I learned a lot from Waldo. Um, he, he used to tell me about uh, Albert Einstein's uh, comment that, that some doubt that he made, but it still, still sounds good. Uh, Einstein's comment was that if we lose the bee population, uh, humankind only has four years. People only have four years to stick around. Uh, the bees are that important for pollination and for keeping uh, people alive, human beings alive. And I, I enjoyed that and I've thought about it frequently that um, when, when the last time I saw Waldo, he was telling me about what he was noticing in his beehives, that they were diminishing. Uh, another bee had been invading and taking over many of the colonies, that the honey production was changed no longer no longer was it producing the way that he had been used to. And I, I, um, I listened carefully to Waldo. He taught me a lot. The other thing he taught me is, is we would, when it was time for harvesting, depending on the weight of the, the hive, we would exchange an empty hive for a, for a full one and make sure the queen was removed in the right place and that we had the right combination. And then we would take the full hive, the heavy one back, and put it in a centrifuge. We would take off the very surface of the cell, put it in the centrifuge, and go round and round, and all the honey would come down directly into a jar. Oh. And then Walter would give me honeycomb to chew on. I have, you know, I remember that dearly because I learned so much from Waldo about the necessity of this little bee. Now, as time went on, uh, I spent a lot of time with the, the home colony. Waldo had a colony there in town that he kept in his backyard. And it was such that I could go down the alley and go into his gate and sit right there by the colony. And the home colony got to know me so that I could approach, I could sit there and watch them coming and going and watching them moving and watching them get things that they needed to build the cells and to make the honey inside. And so the bees got to know me uh, very well. So I could, I could approach them and they wouldn't swarm. I could approach them and they wouldn't sting me. And I've, I've been stung a lot, but not by the home bees, not by the colony. And so I, I became a very familiar um, at probably eight to 10 years old, sitting there watching the bees. And they became familiar with me. Now, an interesting thing happened um, is that one time, my friends from the under, under, other end of the block saw me sitting there on the ground and they thought, hey, uh, he's sitting there. Why can't we just go up and sit there too? And you know, um, the warning bees saw what was happening and immediately notified everybody else in the colony and they attacked my friends. My friends ran and the bees chased them and stung them dearly. But I was there and the bees are going by me chasing my friends. Now, I still had friends after this. I still had friends, believe it or not. But they learned that, oh, there's something special here about that colony of bees in, in Waldo's backyard. And there's something special about, about Steve. Uh, how do you do that? And so eventually my friends learned that you, you're quiet, you're calm, you sit down and you don't move fast. Now, much, much later, uh, after Joanne and I were married and after we had children, uh, I took my children, uh, we were visiting uh, Kansas and I took my children to meet Waldo. Uh, it was a special occasion. And so my children get out of our, our we had a pickup at that time, so the kids get out of the back of the pickup because that's how you rode in the pickups at the time, you rode in the back. And so the kids got out of the back of the pickup and they walked over to meet Waldo. Well, Waldo happened to be by the colony. And it just so happened that Waldo was, was 
cleaning up the area, the dirt around the colony. And he happened to uh, touch the hive and cause a vibration to go through the hive. And immediately the bees, the warriors, the, the, the lookouts, interpret that as being an attack. And so they sent out their attack bees. Now, they didn't attack me. I have no idea why. And, but they attacked our daughter. And they took her and swarmed after her. And so she began screaming. And so we get her into the, into the inside of the pickup and try and get the bees outside the pickup. And, and Waldo is over there. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're here. Huh? They didn't attack Waldo. They knew him. It was normal. But everybody else around, especially our daughter, got attacked. Several things about bees. One is, yes, um, Solomon tells us that honey, especially the honey straight out of the honeycomb, is delicious. And know that wisdom, understanding one of the gifts of spirit, wisdom, having the, the foresight, having the understanding, behind something is even as important as the honeycomb provides the honey. And those who understand that, that we drink in the sweetness of wisdom, that we accept, we understand, we follow the sweetness of wisdom, there is future, there is hope. And in fact, it is so strong that if we understand the relationship of the honeycomb and the honey, the sweetness of wisdom to our soul, that in fact, the hope is without end. And that's, that's especially important that I want you to understand that understanding this hope has to do with the wisdom. It has to do with understanding and it has to do with hope eternal. Now that's, that's one place, Proverbs. Another place I'd like to go to um, is Ephesians, the letter of Paul to the Christians, to the believers at Ephesus. And so the, the book is um, Ephesians, the chapter is Ephesians 1, and it goes like this. So we'll switch from, from Old Testament now to a New Testament, to Paul's writing. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll go down to verse 17. And I'll be reading uh, this area in, in a version called Easy. And um, easy is written so that it's easy to read, easy to understand. So we'll start Ephesians 1 and verse 17. And it goes like this. God is very great. Very short, very simple sentence. God is very great. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes, I pray that his Holy Spirit will make you wise. So here we have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God Holy Spirit. God is very great. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that his Holy Spirit will make you wise. Remember, one of the gifts of Holy Spirit is wisdom. I pray that the Holy Spirit will make you wise. I pray that his Holy Spirit will help you to understand what God is like. So Paul says, I, I, I pray that Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. And I pray that you understand, you have the revelation, you understand what God is like because of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. I pray that Holy Spirit help you understand what God is like. And then 
then you will know God better and better. So once you begin understanding and once you begin following what, Lord, what the Lord is doing, then you understand and you start be, being a believer better and better. It gets better and better. I pray that God will bring light into your minds. Instead of darkness, I pray that God brings light to your minds. Then you will understand about the many good things that he has prepared for you. You know that you will receive these things because he has chosen you to be his people. God has prepared very valuable things for you in heaven. Now another translation, not easy, but another translation has this part about, I, I know that you'll receive these things because he's chosen you to be his people. Another translation has this, uh, I know of the hope that he has for you because you have believed in him. And I know that you have an inheritance because you are one of his saints. And I like that understanding better. God has called us, we have responded, we accept, we believe. And therefore we have this hope. And we also know that because of this hope, because of our accepting and following Jesus, because of our accepting and following God, that we have an inheritance that has been promised. That is our hope, that inheritance. That is our hope, our understanding and our love of God. Our hope that is given because of Holy Spirit. And that's Ephesians. Now there's another place in Romans. Again, a writing of Paul to the church in Rome. So if we can go to Romans, and we'll go to Romans uh, chapter 15 first. So Romans chapter 15. And we'll start in, or look at uh, verse 4. So Romans 15, 4. And it goes like this. Everything that people wrote in the Bible in past times. So what Paul is saying here, everything that was written in the Old Testament, everything that people wrote about the scripture, about the Bible in past times, all of that is there to teach us something. All of that is there to teach us something. Continuing, those words, those words that were written in past times, help us to be patient and to be strong. As a result, we can trust God to do what he promised. We can trust God to do what he promised. Because the words were written to give us uh, encouragement to make us strong and so that we can trust God to do what he's promised another way that that's interpreted is like this the words are there to make us strong and the past writings are there that we might have hope that we might have hope and and the easy takes it that we can trust God to do what he promised an alternate reading of that in the Greek is that we might have hope and that's what I want to emphasize again. Our study of Scripture, our leaning on, our dwelling in Scripture, the Bible, allows us to begin having an understanding that is better and better of our relationship with God and His relationship with us. It also, the words, also give us the strength that we might have hope. Um, that's a word for us right now today, that we might have hope. Looking again in Romans, this time in, in uh, chapter 15, uh, down to, to verse number 12, not very far down the page. Uh, verse 12, 
and it goes like this. <clears throat> Paul writes, now God's prophet Isaiah. So in the Old Testament writings, there was a prophet, major prophet called Isaiah. And he wrote, the root of Jesse will arrive. He will come to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will trust him to save them. And, and this, this root of Jesse is another word for this one called Jesus, for the son of the father. The root of Jesse, Jesus, will arrive. He, Jesus, will come to rule the Gentiles. That's us. The Gentiles, that's us, will trust him that Jesus will save us. 13. God is the one who causes us to hope for good things. Who has the hope for us? Who gives us the hope? God is the one who causes us to hope for good things. I pray that God will bless you very much. I pray that he will cause you to be happy and to have peace in your minds. He will do this because you believe in him. As a result, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, will make you strong. And in his, the power of the Holy Spirit, you will have hope even more certainly. Again, we have this promise that God has something in mind. God causes the hope to be that the Holy Spirit gives us the strengthening of hope in our lives. And I want to point out that we hear people, I hope you have a good day. And sometimes hope becomes almost like a wish, you know? Oh, I wish that you, and, and we don't do wishing. Sorry, uh, we don't do wishing as Christians. And we don't use hope lightly. Hope is something special. It is the promise of a future. It is a promise that God has given us. The hope is strengthened by Holy Spirit. It is a promise that God has given us. The Father himself promises. Hope says, I know, I trust, I believe in God, that this is what God has in mind for us. This is what God has in mind for you. Many times in the scripture, they interchange the word hope with the word patience. Have patience or just wait. And both of those refer to hope. We have patience because we have the hope. We have the trust in God. We wait on the Lord because we have the hope in his promise. We have the hope in that God will follow through exactly as he said, exactly as he promised, hope. Another, then, another place is, is Romans 8. Still in Romans, but going back to chapter 8. And it goes like this. And, and again, I'm, I'm following in uh, the translation, the, the uh, version of easy. Uh, so 8 and down to 24, verse 24. And it goes uh, like this. Um, Ever since God saved us, we have continued to wait for this to happen. Remember what I said, this word wait? Ever since God saved us, we have continued to hope that this happens. Our hope, our promise is that God fulfills his promises. When God says it, that's it. And we hope, we look forward to, we have the patience, we have the waiting to see what God fulfills, what God's going to do, how he's going to tell us. This is what I said, isn't it? Ever since God saved us, we have this continued, we have continued to wait, we have continued to hope that this is happening. One day, 
we will receive what we hoped for. Sometime, don't know when, one day we will receive what we have hoped for. Then we will not need to hope for it anymore. Once we have seen it happen, once we see God's promise fulfilled, then we don't have to hope anymore. It's been fulfilled, it's been done, it's completed. Nobody continues to hope for something that he has already. It's happened, God has fulfilled, we don't need hope anymore. If God fulfills, if God fulfills his promise and, and, and completes his promise, uh, that's it. No more need for hope, because it has already happened. God has already made it occur. Nobody continues to hope for something that he has already, but we continue to hope for that which we do not yet see. We don't see. We don't see the timing. We don't see God's, we don't know exactly what God's plan is for us. That's still unknown. We don't see it clearly yet. That's where hope is. Hope is there when we don't see. Hope is there when it's immaterial. Hope is there when there is no substance that gives meaning. Hope is there to give meaning to things unseen. Because God has promised. And so we wait for it, the fulfillment of God's promise, patiently. Again, we wait, we hope for the patience, the hope. And so we hate, we, 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 so therefore we hope for the hope. We wait for it patiently. Therefore we hope for the hope that God and Holy Spirit has given us as trusting him to fulfill, to carry out his promise. Another place, the last place, is in Hebrews. We find it in Hebrews chapter 11. This is uh, Paul's writing to the, to the Hebrews, uh, to the, the Christian believers who, who were Jewish, who were uh, Hebrew in their faith. And in Hebrews then, uh, we find this writing from Paul, Hebrews 11, and starting with uh, verse one. And it goes like this. But this is what it means to trust God. We will be sure about the things that we hope for. We will be sure in our minds about the things that we can't even see. It was because of their faith that God said good things about the people of long ago. Because of faith, we understand about how God made the universe. It is because of faith he spoke his word to make things happen. In that way, God made all things that we can see. He made them from, from things that, that nobody saw. God think, makes things happen when nobody sees. God makes things happen that nobody thinks is possible. God makes things happen when there's nothing that makes sense at all. All the confusion, all the questions, all the conflicts, all the turmoil only makes sense when God puts things together for us. And our hope is in God. Our hope is in God because of our faith in Him. Our hope is given of Holy Spirit that we might make it patiently and in waiting with great expectation and joy. Our hope is in the promise of God. Let's pray. Lord, you give us uh, words, you give us the scripture, 
uh, Lord, you give us passages, there are passages of, of, of uh, the, the, the Bible that, that makes sense to us at different times. Uh, you give us those areas that we're reading in devotions. You give us those areas that we hold on to because they've meant something in our life. Lord, you give us those areas of scripture, those verses or those wordings or those understandings or those stories that give us hope in you. Those areas, Lord, that increase our faith, that increase our trust of you, that we get better and better in our understanding of what you're doing in lives around us and in our life. Ah, oh, Lord, our hope is in you, in nothing else except for you. Lord, grant us peace in our soul. Grant us wisdom, Lord, that we can understand and make the wise decisions. We can understand and see what the conflict is or what the choices are and rely upon you, Lord, and the dwelling within of your spirit that gives us guidance, that gives us strength, that gives us hope. All oh, Lord, we praise your name now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.